Episode 2, Wearing Nomadic Clothing and Shooting Arrows from Horseback. Hello and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History, a show featuring fascinating and overlooked stories from the past 5,000 years. I'm Patrick Flannery. Who would you say is the greatest person in Chinese history? Even if you are familiar with its intricacies, this is a difficult question to answer objectively and without triggering intense debate. However, more than 100 years ago, one of the greatest thinkers in modern China, Liang Qiqiao, ignored those obstacles and penned an article entitled The Biography of King Wuling of Zhao, the Greatest Man After the Yellow Emperor. You may have heard of the Yellow Emperor, but who was King Wuling of Zhao? And what did he do to deserve such acclaim? The state of Zhao was one of the seven strong and powerful major states during the Warring States period of Chinese history, dating almost 2,300 years ago. Looking at a map of that time, we can see that Zhao State was located at the northern end of China's central plains. It spread out radially, so Zhao had a lot of neighbors, many of them enemies, who could declare war at any time. The Zhao State was relatively weak at the time, and the king believed it was impossible to win any battle. So to survive, develop, and contend for hegemony, the king believed the state had to increase its military strength. Change was needed, so he took three steps. 1. Sneak into the Qin State and act as a spy, planning a special force to kill the king. This failed. Another step conquered the northern parts to the Zhao state, which are now areas of Inner Mongolia. However, it was the third step, the adoption of the Hu style of nomadic attire, a focus on horse riding skills and the ability to shoot from horseback that became the turning point. You may be wondering how wearing nomadic clothing, riding horses, and shooting arrows not only helped reform the Zhao state, but also made King Wuling one of the greats in Chinese history. Well, originally, the Han people wore clothing that was overly complicated and impractical for war. The attire worn by the northwestern barbarian tribes in ancient China, the Hu, were narrowly shaped and tied with a waistband and boots. So it was developed during herding, riding, and fighting. King Wuling decreed that a cavalry had to be established right away, and this meant the soldiers and even common people had to follow the new fashion. However, his determination for reform was opposed by many, especially royalty and nobility. In 300 BCE, this reform was not only a challenge to traditional concepts, but also a great shift in the social system. Those against it were shocked, saying, We're, we're from, from the, the Central, Central Plains, Plains, the Middle, Middle Kingdom, Kingdom, and, and the, the center, center of civilization. civilization. Why, Why should, should we, we wear, wear the clothes of uncivilized people? people? They believed changing Hu clothing was a symbol of being ruled by the invaders or barbarians. No, no way. way. However, King Wu Ling believed that cultural self-esteem was not as important as the outcome of war. It wasn't only the change in fashion that drew criticism. There was also opposition to the king's idea of riding horses and shooting arrows. Establishing and maintaining a cavalry was extremely expensive. Over two millennia ago, the cost for a single cavalryman was enough to feed 10 infantry soldiers. Besides, to maintain a cavalry, there had to be pastures, horse feeders, grass collectors, veterinarians. 
Cavalry weapons were also expensive. A special bow, several kinds of arrows, a long knife, a short knife were all basic weapons for a cavalryman. He also needed a leather cloak to stay warm during the cold nights, and enough rations and water for long-distance riding. The equipment, saddles, and clothing all had to be made from leather, so the demand for cattle and sheep was great. Jow State was originally an agricultural and civilized country. Once the reform policies were implemented, people had to raise cattle and sheep. Behind the riding and shooting was a nomadic culture, competing with the farming civilization for mainstream status in the state of Jiao. The nobles and ministers desperately said no to the reform. King Wu Ling felt the resistance and hesitated about the policies. He said, I don't, I don't doubt, doubt the, the reform, reform itself, itself, but I, I am, am worried that, that my people, people will laugh at, at me. me. After thinking it through, the king made up his mind. He said, I will obtain the nomad's territory and the state of Zhongshan. If this goal is not achieved, Zhao State will not be able to survive and develop. So long as the reform can help me defeat Zhongshan and conquer nomads, no matter the changing of clothes or riding or shooting, I must implement them. Later, he refined his reasoning into a single sentence. Mastered the skills of the barbarians to control the barbarians. Compared with many other changes throughout Chinese history, King Wu Ling's reforms had three major differences, or perhaps advantages. The first, nobody died during the reform and no officials were exiled. The king convinced his relatives and ministers to eventually agree, which showed that the citizens of Zhao were also very broad-minded. Second, the king wore the nomad's outfit and taught himself to ride and shoot. He devoted himself to this reform. To concentrate on the conquering wars, the king handed the throne to his son when he was only in his 40s, leading the army to fight their enemies. It is said that King Wu Ling of Zhao could be compared with Peter the Great of Russia, who went to Europe to study industrial manufacturing. Finally, the reform was thoroughly executed. Not only did the king change his clothing and learn to shoot on horseback, he learned the language of the nomads. Zhao was originally a state that embraced a multi-ethnic coexistence. The nomadic culture was affirmed and supported by the government, and their lifestyle began to enter mainstream society. Nomadic singing and dancing, medicine, clothing, and language all became popular. While the reform was based on cultural self-confidence, Wu Ling was never made the king of nomads. On the contrary, the Zhao state army defeated Zhongshan to the east and swept across territories to the north, reaching its peak of prosperity under the reign of the king. Looking at this period of history from the perspective of Greater China, the Zhao state geographically shouldered the responsibility of protecting the Central Plains civilization, and it did so in different clothing on horseback. For the formation of the multicultural integration of China, King Wu Ling's reform was a good start. His achievements earned him the title, the greatest man since the Yellow Emperor. From today's story, we can see that openness rather than isolation, acceptance rather than rejection, created a strong civilization. Thanks so much for listening to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. We'll catch you next time.